Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to a year in 1981 to look at Sylvester Stallone's World War II sports drama Escape to Victory. So let's get on the football pitch, let's kick that ball, let's uh, play you guys a trailer and I'll see you soon. In 1942, the Nazis thought they were sitting on top of the world, never suspecting that they could be toppled in one conflict, the most unusual battle of the war. It has been decided that a German national team will play a combined team from the prisoners of war of the occupied territories. That's crazy. Okay, I'm ready to sign up. Sign up, man. And you ought to be exhibited in Paris like performing fleas. What about me? Get out. A stacked game. The Third Reich's finest against a ragged bunch of prisoners of war. The Germans thought they had it made. They couldn't run about for 90 minutes, they'd be chucking their guts up. Am I good? Or am I good? What's your name? You know my name. What's your name? I decided to join the team. The American? No. You use that bloody American style again here and you'll be fired. Look, you're playing every shot play American. Can you do it with your mouth shut? Hey, the mouth and the hands work together, it's a team. This match is a propaganda stunt for the Germans. It's a wonderful opportunity for us. The Allied High Command called them crazy, and maybe they were. We want you to contact the resistance for us and arrange the escape of the football team. I don't want to thank you all for your concern, but I'm really not planning on seeing Paris until after the war. Well, I'm uh, an orphan. I have no parents, no money, I'm not married. I don't even have a pet. And anything I might say in my sleep to the contrary can't be held against me. We don't want to be shot as a spy, do we? No. I don't want to be shot as anything. Victory. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Michael Caine, Max von Sydow, and introducing Pele. How'd you like to play football against the Germans? Why not? is the time for heroes. Victory. You've never seen anything like it. And welcome back, guys. So the synopsis for this film is, as allied POWs prepare for a soccer game against the German national team to be played in Nazi-occupied Paris, the French resistance and British officers are making plans for the team's escape. It's got a PG rating, it's 116 minute runtime, and it's classed as a drama sport war movie. And it's directed by the titan of Hollywood as he's known, he's an American film director and he's done films such as The African Queen with Humphrey Bogart, The Treasure of the Sierra Madara, uh, Gregory Peck's Moby Dick, he did um, Orphan Annie after this movie, and he also did... Um, Prizzy's Honor with Jack Nicholson as one of his later movies in the 80s. It was distributed by Paramount Pictures uh, for a modest $10 million and it didn't do too bad at the box office actually, no way flopped. It made $27.5 million and it did well with the critics at the time they praised this movie. So all in all, Escape to Victory, you know, it did well with the box office, it did well with the critics. So back in 1981 it was doing well for itself. But at the same time, I do think it's one of those films that goes under the radar. Uh, I don't know why, maybe it's just not everybody's cup of tea, you know, being a football or soccer movie for, you know, American listeners. 
Um, but it's, you know, it's a good film. I remember watching it when I was, I think I was about 10 years old on a Sunday afternoon. And um, I'm not a kid. I wasn't a kid at the time that was massively into the game. Um, although I do love the big football tournaments. I love anything to do with the World Cup and the Euros. You know, I'm all over that. But I never actually followed a team or played football because I couldn't play football. <laughs> I had two left feet. But putting that aside, you know, I watched this film and I thought it was great. It just... The climatic scene in this film is so uplifting, it just makes me want to get onto a football pitch and start to play football. That's how it makes me feel feel for a guy that doesn't play football, if that makes sense. So that's like the power of the movie. But um, it's a hell of an inspirational feel, film. If you feel, you know, you, like you need picking up a little bit or a bit of motivation... Watch the final 20 minutes of this film if you've never seen it before. If you have seen it, you probably know what I'm talking about. It's just uplifting. And I'll tell you now, and I'm not making this up, I've taken inspiration from this film and this is the power of the movies. Um, I've come a few, through a few obstacles in my life and I thought about the last 20 minutes of this film and it's kind of picked me up. And I'm not kidding you, that really has, you know... Um, and the, the the music by Bill Conte, you know, I was going to mention in a minute, Bill Conte's music, the film score, and this is it's amazing, it's incredible. I can listen to it and you just get goosebumps just to feel that, you know, these guys, the Allies are playing against the Germans, the, you know, against the odds, and they, you know, they pull through, they band together. So, um, yeah, I, you can put it in my voice, you know, it's inspirational. Um, and talking about Bill Conte... Um, He's familiar with, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone being in this film. He did the music for uh, the Rocky films. He also did um, a film that me and Dan just covered recently with uh, Masters of the Universe. Um, so, yeah, he's, when you listen to his songs, you know, they're really powerful songs. You know, really, you know, again, another another inspiring film like Rocky. Um, so you can see how this film's all been, you know, put together. And talking about Sylvester Stallone, let's talk about the cast. So, yeah, Sly is in this movie. He does a great job. I think it's, it just works fine, you know, with what he was doing at the time with the Rocky films and the sport dramas. You get a, you, you get some really good solid cast, you know, get a really good solid cast in this movie with, uh, you know, the legendary Michael Caine. Um, you've got Max von Zidow in this movie. And then, of course, you've got um, all the football players at the time that come into this movie. Obviously, you know, they, you know, these guys can't act, but I think it's something different. It's good to be able to bring in the actual um, football stars and heroes themselves into a movie, you know, alongside some big actors like Michael Caine, Sylvester Stallone and Max von Zidel. So, all in all, I think the production in this movie is brilliant. And let's talk about those football stars. So, you've got Bobby Moore, who was a, a legend in England, you know, back in that time, he was uh, notable for captaining the club for the 1966 World Cup. Uh, he's widely regarded as one of our greatest defenders in history of football, and he's cited by Pele, and this is how good, you know, the sportsmanship is. You know, Pele, who is also in this film, I'll give a mention in a minute, as one of the greatest defenders that he's ever played against. And Pele, man, you know, it's he's one of those guys that even if you, you you don't play football or sports or anything like that, you mentioned Pele is a good chance you know this guy. He's widely regarded as one of the greatest players of all time. And just to mention, you know, one of his football credits, you know, he didn't just win the World Cup once with Brazil. He didn't just win it twice. He won it three times, pretty much three times in a row, you know. And it, you know, anybody who watches the World Cup, especially me being a, you know, 
England fan. You know, it's taken us a long time to... <laughs> if we will ever get that World Cup again, it's um, people will know how difficult it is to try and win that Cup. So for him to win it three times in a row, you know, it's, a, it's an incredible achievement. So, uh, yeah, it's great stuff, man. And talking about Bobby Moore and Pele on a slight segue... Um, I love that picture that was taken in the 1970 World Cup. It was the group stage game between England and Brazil. England won, um, not England, uh, Brazil won 1-0 in the game. But it was classed as one of the greatest World Cup battles between two greats, between Pelé and Bobby Moore. And this is where Pelé said, you know, he is one of the greatest defenders. And there's great sportsmanship at the end of it. There's a great picture, it's online. We see Pele and Bobby Moore, they're swapping shirts and you can see they're laughing and talking to each other. So, you know, that's that's great sportsmanship, man. That's what that's what makes this, uh, you know, football or any sort of sports, uh, you know, great in the world. It just really brings people together. But going back to the film, let's talk about some other players in here. Um, you've also got Ozzy Ardeles, the Argentinian uh, national football player. He won the World Cup in 1978 for his uh, national team and he had a long run with uh, Tottenham Hotspurs for 10 years. For any uh, Tottenham Hotspurs fans that are listening. And you also got Mike Summerby and Russell Wasman, just to name some of the other players. So there you go, you've got, you've got a mixture of um, greats there put into this uh, movie. And let's have a talk about the building block of this film, as I always say, as you know. Um, so it's based on a film that came out in 1962 in Hungary. And there's a movie called Two and a Half Times in Hell, which was directed by see, a Hungarian director called Sultan Vabri. And it did really well, it, you know, won awards and did well with the critics again. And I think it did right at the Boston Film Festival as well, funny enough. But it's uh, based on a true story which is they're saying it's now discredited but it's a so-called a death match which took place in world war ii in nazi occupied ukraine and the german troops actually played the ukraine players and ukraines gave the germans a run for their money apparently they beat them seven times at a football match germans just couldn't beat them so in the end they shot them uh, apparently three people survived to obviously document the case but there you go it's, but it's saying it's just been discredited so whether it's just a myth um, I no doubt something like this possibly took place in World War 2 but um, there you go check it out it's online so a little bit of trivia for this film uh, which is pretty cool actually it's got uh, Sylvester Stallone apparently went through a rigorous training session with one of our greatest um, goalkeepers Gordon Banks from the 1966 World Cup and uh, he didn't really take Gordon Banks' advice, so he just went in and started jumping around and he fell down to the ground so hard, Sylvester Stallone, that he dislocated a shoulder, he broke a finger, and after all that he went back and he listened to what Gordon Banks was telling him about goalkeeping, so uh, he went through a rough time. He also uh, slimmed down a lot for this movie, Stallone, uh, because he wanted to make himself you know, look like a, a prisoner of war, not you know, like a sort of... <laughs> bulked up uh, box or anything like that um, and so Roger Moore and Clint Eastwood were lined up to also star in this movie but if I'm honest with you I think they got the casting just right here with Michael Caine, Pele and Sylvester Stallone and I, I do love um, something I've read in a TV Times magazine and I think it probably just rounds this film up just before I do the bite-sized review it says Michael Caine tries to dribble, Pele tries to act 
and Sylvester Stallone tries to save a girl. So there you go. When, when you want to describe this movie, that's probably how you can sort of just round it up. So it's pretty cool. But let's, uh, let's move on. Let's do a bite-sized review of Escape to Victory. So the film starts off with a team of Allied prisoners of war set in World War II, obviously, and they are coached and led by the captain John Colby, who is played by Michael Caine. And Colby is a professional footballer himself. He played for West Ham before joining the war effort. And he agrees to play a exhibition game against the Germans, um, but they only find out that it is now a propaganda stunt. Colby then goes and chooses his team of players, and this is where you're introduced to Sylvester Stallone, who plays a character called Robert Hatch, and he's an American who is serving for the Canadian Army. And he's not initially chosen because he can't really play football, but Hatch's plan is to be involved in this team, so then he can uh, plan his uh, escape. And you have the superior officers in the camp who repeatedly try to advise Colby to now attempt an escape plan with his football match. But Colby says no because he is in fear that if he does that then he's going to get all his players shot. But in the end uh, Colby agrees to help his superiors. He says that he'll go to Paris, he'll play this game, he'll meet up with the French resistance and he will try and help the team escape. But in order to notify the French resistance they need someone to get out there and tell them so this is where they use Hatch so they know that Hatch wants to get out the camp he's very successful at escaping to which he does he gets out the camp and he agrees to tell them and they don't know at this time whether Hatch is going to sort of carry out this plan and for him to be able to relay the information back to the camp he then needs to get captured himself so he escapes he tells the resistance and then he gets captured and then you get a scene here where he gets brought back into the camp. So it's a little bit like, um, kind of reminds me of Hilt's like the Steve McQueen character from The Great Escape where he, you know, he gets out and he gets captured and he comes back. So I think this is kind of like a kind of homage to that character with Sylvester Stallone. And now that the Resistance know that it's going to be at the Columbus Stadium in Paris, they plan to use the sewer system which is connected from the sewers to the... Uh, players changing rooms which becomes apparent later on in the movie so Hatch has returned he's put into solitary confinement all he needs is a baseball now like uh, Steve McQueen and of course uh, Colby now he hasn't spoken to Hatch because obviously he's been put into confinement so now he um, convinces the Germans to say look you know we need this guy as a goalkeeper because there's quite a horrible scene now because their goalkeeper for the team this young lad um they break his arm. It's quite a horrible scene, actually. They do it, and um, you can hear the break and all that. It's uh, not a very nice scene. So they convince the Germans to be able to get Hatch back onto their team as a goalkeeper. But then, of course, Hatch is rusty. He's not familiar with the game. You know, he's um, never played in goal, so they've got a lot of work to do with him. But it just adds to the uh, tension in the movie and the build-up and that. But, you know, he's a bulky guy. You know, he gets on with it. And then, of course, the prisoners are released from the camp to go and play this game. You get to the stadium. And you've also got the Max von Zido character here, who's uh, who plays one of the German sort of chiefs. And he's kind of on side with the Allies. He's more of a peacekeeper. He says that he makes a comment saying, if only all wars could be played like this, like a sport, you know, between two players. And he's, you can sort of see that he's on side with the Allies. You know, he wants them to do well. So you get the build-up here, you kind of get the climatic final here, you get the players come onto the pitch. 
Um, you've got the Allies and the Germans. And you get the first half of the match, and I think uh, Pele choreographed a lot of the uh, scenes here, you know, with the play and all that. And, you know, you, I, I don't play football when I watch this. I think <laughs> I'm watching it, you know, it's a pretty decent game. But then they build the pressure, I think. Um, the Allies, they, I think they score the first goal. You know, it's all good. They're cheering. But then you get some foul play by the Germans. I think you've got a referee that's a little bit biased with the Germans. And they knock in four goals before half-time. You know, Hatch is having a pretty, pretty rough time in goal. So then they come off to the pitch and the resistance, they've um, smashed the hole into the bath. You get all the water come out. And this is their escape plan. So they're into half-time. They're losing. You know, they're 4-1 down. And they're initially going to go, right, let's escape. You know, Michael Caine goes, right, let's go, guys. You know, this game's over. We're not going to do it. And then Pele comes out and says, you know, come on, we can do this. You know, this means a lot to us, you know. And then you get a great scene here. You get a typical Michael Caine. I haven't, I haven't done any Michael Caine yet. Because you mean you, you go back and play the second half? Like that. And Pele goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, you mean you'll do that? You know, I can't do a Michael Caine voice. But then Hatch is like saying, no, we've got to go, guys. And then Michael Caine goes, if you go, that means we've all got to go with you. And then Hatch looks and you don't know whether he's going to go back. And it's funny, you get one of the other players saying, we get Michael saying, he's a good goalkeeper. He's all right, but he just let four goals in. So I'm not sure about that, but there you go. It's, just, it's all great. And you don't know whether they've escaped or not. But then all of a sudden goes back onto the pitch, the Germans players come out, you've got that Bill Conte score, and it's just a really good scene, they just, the Allies come out, and then you've got the um, Allied superiors sitting in the crowd, and they're like looking, thinking, what the hell, they come back onto the pitch, they were supposed to escape, but it's a really good scene, because all, you know, all the Allies, you know, including Michael Caine, and Bobby Moore, and Pele, they're all laughing, and they're going, look, we can do this, guys. And like I say, I was talking about inspiration earlier. It's like they're 4-1 down, but they're going to go for it. They're going to, you know, they're going to give the Germans a run for their money. And by the second half, they do. They really pick up their game. Hatch starts to save some goals. The Allies, they start to score goals. Um, in fact, they have one goal disallowed, which would have made, made them actually win the game in the end. But um, they get it down to about... 4-3 or something like that so it's really head on head and you get to the final bit here um, actually I forgot to mention you get this kick by Pele he does a overhead kick it's just amazing you know it's just a really good scene um, they do it in slow motion a couple of times and he gets in and everybody starts cheering everybody gets up in the stadium you know the the um, stadium fans are getting behind the alloys and you know the atmosphere is great and then you get that climatic scene. I think it's a penalty kick or something like that right at the end. Um, I think they, they're on four all now. So it comes down to this last kick and you've got Hatch there. And you've got this German player. He's been a bit sort of... He's been a bit of a pain throughout the whole game, this German player. I think he's fouled a few players. And all the team now, all the allies are getting behind Hatch. And it's like a slow-mo and Hatch is sort of, you know, it's like a sort of rocky moment. He's sweating... And they're all going, come on, Hatch, come on, Hatch. And you get like a slow-mo scene here where the allied guy kicks the ball. It goes towards the goal. And then you've got 
patch, he just goes over, he falls over to the right or left side, he puts his arms out and he saves the goal. And that's it. They've drawn. They haven't won, but they've drawn. They've denied the Germans a victory. Crowd go wild, everybody goes up and all the um, stadium crowd come onto the pitch. And as a result of the crowd coming onto the pitch, this is where the Allies managed to escape. They amalgamate into the crowd, they put on the um, civilian clothing and they escape. So in the end, it's not a... I like the way it's not like a cliche ending where they ultimately win the game, but the way they draw, it just makes it... I don't know, it makes it believable in a way. And then in the end, they do get away, they do escape. So it's a good ending. Also forgot to mention there's a bit of a love interest between Stallone and one of the resistance. So... He re- reunites with her. Michael Caine will hopefully get back to England to play for West Ham and that. And it's just, like I say, it's a good film. Um, this is where the film comes to an end. And then you've got that Bill Conte score. Um, obviously, I can't play it on the podcast, but it's a really good uh, It's a really good song. Uh, check it out. Uh, and it just, you know, it just, it comes to a good end. And as I said at the beginning of the show, it's just an inspirational movie. Even if you watch the last 20 minutes of this game, I don't know, I just feel like every time I watch it, it just sort of picks you up. So there you go. You can probably hear in my voice, you know, how much it sort of picks you up. So, um, you know, if you have seen it, you know, like I say, uh, hopefully you're enjoying the show and you're kind of, you know, sort of picking up on what I'm saying here and remembering, you know, like say the... Pele sort of flip kick and stuff like that and uh, you know Hatch's final goal so um, yeah it's a good movie if you haven't seen it go check it out you know it's uh, it's a film which I would certainly recommend for a Sunday rainy afternoon or something like that so there you go guys that is uh, Escape to Victory from 1981 there's my Bite Size review so I hope you hope you enjoyed the show so um that's it, guys. I will be back soon. Uh, obviously, a little bit of admin here for the show, but um, uh, as you know, I've been quite busy. I've had a lot of guests on the show, which has been absolutely brilliant. You know, it's been really nice. You know, I've had um, Dan Bone, Mark Lockhart, Gary Hill's been on the show. I just recorded with him uh, last night, actually. We did um, The Gate from 1987. I had a hell of a lot of fun with that. And he's back on the show for Remo Williams and Jake Speed. So look out for that. And uh, I've got a couple of shows lined out up, so look out for those. And you can find Bite Size Cinema on several players on the internet. If you put in Bite Size Cinema Legion, uh, there's Spotify, YouTube, and iTunes. And I'm also a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so please go and check out all the other shows there. I will play a promo at the end of this um, episode. So there you go, guys. As always... Keep it bite-sized, keep it safe, and I will see you soon. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast 
Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.